0: Welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with your host, Renee David Alkali. Are you searching for the path to the discovery of wholeness and balance in your life? We'll discuss the future of holistic health care and how the concepts discussed on today's show can help you make better choices in your life. Now, here is your host, Renee David Alkali. Good morning and welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with uh, your host, Renee David Alkali. That's me. And uh, I'm happy to be back with you. Uh, Missed not being here last week. And uh, I hope we didn't disappoint anyone by not being able to do our show. We had some technical issues. Um, I'd like to, first of all, congratulate you. For listening to this show, for your decision to get good information um, that will guide you to really uh, a better state of health, uh, better memory, uh, better mind function, better body function. Um, One way we we do that is by improving our eating habits, and that will certainly help us to resist uh, circulatory and other degenerative problems. So until very recently, uh, in, in modern history at least, foods were not considered uh, important in the medical by the medical community. I think that's changed quite a bit in, in a short 20 years uh, uh, or so. But certainly uh, in the ancient world, that knowledge was always there or was there for a long, long time. Uh, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, in fact, uh, said, let foods be your medicine. <clears throat> so the fact uh, the medical community, per se, did not listen to that advice uh, or didn't consider it important enough, relying more on pharmaceutical interventions or surgical interventions, um, it really was, was a bit of uh, close mindedness uh, on the part of, of the health community or the traditional so-called health community. Um, there, there isn't anything really perfect, but uh, I will say that uh, you can have improved health and improved mind function, and that's backed up by very solid, solid research. Uh, we're going to be looking at that food. You know, the, I don't think anyone will deny that food is necessary for life. There are, of course, some radical examples <clears throat> of uh, people going on very long fasts for either health or for uh, spiritual reasons. So it's not uh, it's not essential in the short term. Uh, for us to be eating to live. We can go without food for quite a while. We can go without water for a shorter period, but certainly we can do without water for perhaps a few days. Um, The most important nutrient, of course, is air. We cannot do without air. Uh, That's just a few minutes, and uh, we're going to really end our lives if we don't have uh, that nutrient. I think of it as a nutrient. But food is necessary for life. It follows logically that's also crucial in helping our body to heal and um, in also prevention of uh, a couple of killer diseases. Uh, The two killer diseases that that are statistically the highest are, of course, cancer and heart disease. The AMA, the ACA, and the FDA, and a number of other organizations uh, that monitor health and that set standards for health uh, organizations, I'm not, uh, I have to say, without going too far into the politics, I'm not a big fan of because I think they're way over-politicized and uh you know, and that's taken them away from having concern for the, for the individual, but more for various uh, special interest groups. That's a different kind of discussion, a different kind of program. But all of these at, at least agree on one point that 90% of all disease and all illnesses are exogenous, meaning coming into us from the outside or environmental Coming in from the outside means anything that's coming in from the outside. Uh, air, water, food, noise, um, all of these are, can be either healing, sound can be healing, or sound can be noise and can be disruptive. Uh, air can be, is vital for life, but polluted air can also create many health issues. Water, essential for life after a certain amount of days. Nevertheless, when it's polluted and uh, filled with carcinogens and other toxins can create the very problems that we're seeing. And certainly food. Food is also one of those factors that are exogenous coming into us from the outside world. Um, We will talk a little bit more about nutrients um, and see that some of them are created by the body or manufactured in the body by the body's biochemistry, but most of them, or many of them, which are called essential nutrients, really have to come in from the outside world. Aside from the physical dimension, there's the mental dimension. Mental activity is certainly very tied into the foods that we eat. Um, If we have any kind of deficiencies, or if we have any allergies, we react to certain foods. That's going to affect the body, and that's going to affect the brain. And um, there, there's clearly some controversy in this area. Um, You know, uh, there's uh, there's some people that put less emphasis on it, and some who put more uh, emphasis on it. But the fact that it's a reality uh, is very hard to deny, based on Substantial research we we see uh, hyperactive children, for example, and uh, even though studies have not shown a direct correlation, um, we can witness we, our, we ourselves can be witness to the fact that uh, when certain children eat. Uh, highly sweetened foods or artificial colored candies uh, and then uh, we witness how they get totally hyperactive they start really uh, being uncontrollable it's, it's hard from our own perception not to begin to make some kind of a correlative relationship um, the, uh, the uh, the The aspect of allergies also is a little hard to deny if you're out there and you're eating a certain particular food and uh, as a result as a result of eating that food, you start breaking out or getting itchy or get a rash or you your breathing becomes difficult um, or you get headachey. You know we can monitor ourselves. To determine um, what what kind, what foods we're allergic to, people have asked me over the years, uh, "Is there anything I can take so that I can eat the food and not be allergic to it?" Well, my answer to you is that if you're allergic to something, keep away from it. <laughs> you know, uh, if you're allergic to dairy, for example, you don't need a, a lactose. Uh, 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 digestive uh, enzyme digestive enzyme to help you digest dairy and therefore have less of a allergic reaction that's you know that's really kind of walking around the issue if you have an allergy stay away from it you know it's just not good for you period um, so so on all of these uh we can see a direct relationship between foods and the moods that we have. In fact, one of, the, one of the programs we did and that we'll probably repeat at some point is called Food and Mood, you know, specifically on, on moods, on the emotional dimension. Also, uh, how foods affect our memory. Memory is a critical part of the human being. It is, it is our way of processing reality, storing certain facts, and dealing with our lives. If I didn't have some form of memory, um, it would be very hard for me to figure out whether I should be crossing the street on the red or on the green. You know, we learn certain things that are learned in order for us to survive, to live better. And certainly as information changes, we may have to change what we've learned. But for the most part, that's all part of that learning process that includes memory. So can foods affect memory? Can foods affect learning? I I would affirm. I would strongly affirm that that fact that memory and learning are very tied into uh, you know, the types of nutrients that we get. Uh, not that's not the only factor, of course, but um, certainly I would say there is a relationship. Other factors which we have no control over, and that's the 10%, and that's the biochemistry. Everyone's biochemistry is individual, Um, and that's also why when people come to see me as a naturopath, uh, which is the work that I do in my private practice, uh, I don't have really one program for everyone. I review the biochemistry of the individual, see who they are, see who you are, and Except for certain basics that we're going to talk about, we have to modify and adjust the program to the individual and to whatever uh, crisis or whatever chronic situation uh, they are dealing with. There, there is, however, a key to the to that biochemistry, and or or let's say the key to our to our health is our biochemistry in conjunction. In conjunction with the quality and the type of foods we eat, the air we breathe, the water we drink the 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 sounds around us, and um the relationships we have all of the and the work that we have so it's a mind body connection and that is why our show is called mind is called uh uh, mind-body-spirit living a holistic life because we are not made up of one factor we're made up of a number of factors and if we're going to live intelligently we have to take care of all of those factors so um, we're going to take a break in just about a minute to uh, welcome you again to the show Um but before we do that, let's finish this first part of uh, the introduction to today's uh, theme, which is really uh, eating smart or eating, eating correctly or eating in a better way. So uh, food isn't just part of nu- uh, nutrient and uh, our need to live. Food is also part of our social interactions. We're going out to, to dinner with friends or there's a party or soiree, uh, you know, a, a barbecue or whatever you're going to. So it's very much the social interactions that food brings and part of our social life. Food is also part of ritual, uh, whether you're doing a Sabbath ritual or a, a church Sunday ritual or there's a wedding or a baby naming, we see food is always associated with various uh, religious rituals or social rituals. If there's a wedding, there's always a wedding cake. Um, or if there's a birthday for children, you'll usually find ice cream or cake. Not great foods. Um, and when I was a kid, at least, uh, my I, I used to hear the phrase... Uh, not so much from from my mother, but if I if I'd visit friends or I've seen homes in which parents have said, uh, "Eat your veggies, eat your veggies." Uh, in fact, uh, there's even a reward involved. Eat your veggies, and and then you can have some dessert, as if that's a reward. You understand? Uh, so, in that sense we're being rewarded by a certain kind of food, even though that food may not be healthy for us. Uh, Food also is part of relationships. It's an expression of love. Uh, A committed couple, one one of them might make dinner for the other person. Um, So it's very hard for us to break the links that tie together food with all of the different aspects of our lives. Uh, that's why it's so difficult for people. It's not just, well, I want to lose weight, but I can't. Or I have a heart issue and I should be eating a certain way, but I find it so difficult. Difficult because food is intertwined and enmeshed with every phase of our lives. It's so much part of our behaviors in different areas of our lives. So I can be very well-meaning, Follow a decent diet, and then I go to a party and at a party, certain foods are served that I wouldn't eat, but now it's the social situation, and I fall back into it, even though the smart thing would be to avoid the foods that really don't serve me well nevertheless we're we're in a situation so um, so that's that's sort of. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, we have certain objectives in today's show: how a healthy diet can improve our mental function, how it pr- can protect us from heart disease and cancer. Uh, the uh, the other part of it, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit, is uh, reducing uh, both caloric, uh, uh, both the the, cal- the caloric intake and uh, increasing some dietary fiber, also reducing the consumption of salt or fats. Now, there's a lot of controversy about fats, so I I won't totally cover this. And I'm not 100% convinced on the fat issue. In fact, I lean more toward the fact that we should be eating whole fats. But the amount of fats we eat, that might be a different question. So we'll look at specific guidelines um, on, on proportions, and we're also going to be discussing vitamin and mineral intake through foods mostly, but also as uh, dietary supplements. So that's going to be uh, what most of the show is about, and I thank you for being with me. For those of you just coming, we'll take a moment uh, break from the topic. For those of you just coming on to our show, you're listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with myself, your host, Rene David Uh, Alkalai. I am in private practice in in New York City, and I am a board-certified naturopath, a nutritionist, an energy healer, and um, a yoga therapist. I wear a few other hats in in the alternative health field. Um, so if you want more information about me and my services and the work that I do, you can check out my website, which is www.genesishealthbeauty.com. Um That's a pretty comprehensive review of uh, all the services and the therapies that I provide, as well as many health products that uh, can help you live a healthier life, a more balanced mind-body-spirit life. So um, thank you once again for being with me. Uh, We also have a non-for-profit organization where we provide free services for that, I, I welcome your support. I thank you for your support. And any contributions you make go to Healing Our Vets, working with kids with cancer, and uh, working with young adults with mental disabilities. These are all free programs, and uh, we hope to continue to provide these at no charge um, with, your, with your help and your support. The website for that is Genesis society.org. That's genesissociety.org. Please have a look and support our work. Uh, Thank you. And going back, uh, so we're back, and we'll we'll continue uh, the the topic that we we began. Uh, We're going to uh, just to. Briefly, bring those of you a little up to date. We're talking about eating smart, eating more intelligently, uh, understanding certain gui- guidelines. Also, understanding dietary factors that uh, maybe uh, that are related to food allergies, and also that uh, disrupt our ability to really utilize our mind correctly, uh, our ability to remember or to to learn uh So, there are physical and mental symptoms and uh, that that we can uh, see in our own lives if we have some kind of an infection and these symptoms, many of them, uh, including root causes, might be uh, controllable or modifiable certainly through uh, through diet um, one of the things that I've emphasized over the years to all my clients is the importance of uh, increasing uh, our consumption of whole grain foods. Uh, certainly, uh, as mom usually says to to her child, eat your veggies. So yes, vegetables and fruits. Um, the reducing uh, not eliminating and certainly not switching to low fat. I'm not a big believer in low fat anything. But uh certainly reducing the amount of fat that we're taking in uh even, and reducing the amount of protein that we're consuming. You know, beyond a certain level the body will not use protein as a protein beyond our needs. And there's there is a formula for that. Um you can call in, and I'll be glad to share that. Right now I want to cover the, the broader issues. But we want to certainly minimize salt consumption uh, and uh, eliminate, uh, minimize, if not eliminate, the use of artificial sugars of any kind. Uh, when we eat foods that are complex uh, carbohydrates, and, and uh, as well as having good sources of fiber, that um, there's substantial studies that uh, have shown that that lowers rates of heart disease and also certain forms of cancer. Uh, there's, I have a number of people who see me with various, uh, uh, various arthritic ailments um atherosclerosis, uh, ailments of, of the circulation, um, inflammatory conditions of the joints, um, all of these. But let, let's stay with uh, a, a clogging up of the, 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 the arteries, atherosclerosis. Certainly, as we clear these up, as we reverse some of the atherosclerosis, we're going to feel more energetic, uh, there's, we'll just wake up and feel alive, uh, so to speak. Uh, there's a lot of information that's, uh, that's not agreed upon by all. It is controversial, and I, I need to mention that to you, that it's not written in stone, and new studies challenge a lot of this information. But for the most part, I think we're on solid ground. And um, when this information came out, um, you know, at first, uh, it was denied. Um, it was denied by the medical community, "Well, no, this has nothing to do with anything. That was the idea. And uh, And once the battle got heated up or got underway about who's right, well you know everybody kind of dug in their dug themselves into a position and then uh this information was fought bitterly it was denied and fought against bitterly eventually like all truths um truth will out in the end so to speak will win and or we hope it will and uh Finally, uh, much of this is accepted uh, information today. So uh, anything we speak about could be at any point in that chain. Uh, Is it being denied right now? Uh, Are we fighting over it, whether it's correct or not? Uh, Or is it being accepted? Um, When it comes to nutrition, nutrition itself went through that process. At first, it was denied then uh, certainly it was there was a lot of opposition to it by the medical community and uh and finally it was uh it was uh reluctantly by some but nevertheless accepted and today of course we we do accept the fact that nutrition proper nutrition is an important part of health um As I said earlier, there there aren't uh, any perfect uh, systems or perfect ideas. The idea of science itself is that everything is ultimately theoretic and we're waiting for a better theory to come along. But for the most of us, if we start changing our diet and our lifestyle, we're going to see an increase in energy a a certain better resistance to different diseases and generally a significant improvement in all areas of our lives I can can say that that is the promise but the promise is only as good as you're following through with it and not uh, taking it in a nonchalant way but taking it in a serious way where you're going to simply Say, okay, I want to make some changes, and uh, and these are the changes that I want to make, and then staying with that, having, having that most difficult of qualities, and that is discipline, having a personal discipline. So we have the idea of mind. We have the idea of body. Um, there's... Uh, it's very hard to separate, it's not possible to separate the two, really, uh, as, the meta, as, as we've done throughout modern, uh, our modern systems. So we thought the individual was a mind and a body, not together, but a mind, either a mind or a body, I should say. So we, we get shuffled back and forth between psychotherapists and medical doctors, a medical doctor will give us a certain amount of prescriptions and medication. And if we don't start responding within a certain period of time, let's say a couple of years, the doctor may say, uh, you know, there may be emotional factors here. Why don't you see a psychotherapist and let me recommend someone I think that might help you. Or they might be more diplomatic and say it in a different way. Or we might be seeing a psychotherapist and be manifesting a a lot of different physiological symptoms. And uh, a psychotherapist uh, turns around and says, you know, there may be some organic issues here, some uh, biochemical issues. Let me recommend a medical doctor. So we're shuffled back and forth. And uh, I think that's changed a little because we have... In modern medicine, we have certain fields like psychoneuroimmunology, like mind-body medicine. The work of James Gordon, uh, specifically Dr. James Gordon in Washington D.C. in mind-body medicine, and, and certainly others. The work of Belruth Napperstack, um, but we, you know, we're seeing a lot of people searching. For For a different model, because the old model simply wasn't working for us. So yes, if we change the physical plane or the physical environment, then we're no, then we have a good chance of improving our memory or putting it the other way around. Uh, it's very hard for memory and, and the mind, for the mind to work in a dynamic way when when we don't have that living tissue that uh, the the neurons and the electrochemistry all of those which are and the fat all of that which is the brain uh, the brains responsible for our thinking process for our level of intelligence for the moods as I said we did a whole show on food and mood so there's you know we need to understand there's about 70 trillion cells in our body and all of them need to eat all of them need to be strengthened and nourished we need to have good circulation in order to get the oxygen to the cells life is on a cellular level we need to get that oxygen to the cell and if our circulation is poor the cells are not going to be properly nourished by that most important of nutrients, oxygen. Also, uh, we need to get rid of waste properly. Very hard to do when the system is not functioning correctly. The, uh, uh, the CNS, the central nervous system, which is made up of the sympathetic and parasympathetic uh, portions, is made up of uh, our brain uh, and the spinal cord. If we look at the weight um, of uh, of the CNS or the brain, ninety uh, percent of that combination that we just mentioned is is the brain. The brain is uh, and within that that CNS the unit that's responsible for doing the work is the neuron. Neurons represent our hard wiring system and that allows our flow of information through the various circuits just like, uh, um, just like electrical wires. You know, if there are electricians out there you know exactly what you can place this in that terminology and know exactly what I'm talking about there are electrochemical compounds of the neurons. These are called neurotransmitters. And uh, I've often, I've spoken in the past about uh, how certain nutrients are precursors to our neurotransmitters, like B6 is part of the serotonin chain. That's a neurotransmitter that controls depression, for example, so what foods are high in B6? Well, the, one of the highest foods in B6 is avocado. Uh, Maybe a good reason why we find many women drawn naturally, instinctively to avocado because statistically in the past, women have suffered more than men from depression. And that is correlatively related, correlatively uh, uh, part of the fact that during menstruation women lose a lot of B6, and also uh, through uh, perimenopause and menopause, women lose B6 more readily than men. And so the the chain is interrupted that builds serotonin, and serotonin, of course, is one is a neurotransmitter or part of the chain of neuro, that controls depression. So neurotransmitters allow those messages to be transmitted between uh, these these electrochemical compound structures. And here is where we see specifically that if we change certain things in nutrition or food or the chemicals that that we consume, that we're going to have a direct influence on our brain function. And, uh, and its, its abilities. So neurotransmitters are really communi- uh, communication, the messengers. And they're letting the neurons have a conversation. They're, they're speaking to each other. All the mental activities that we do, our moods, our, our, what we remember, how we learn, uh, even, even the way we respond by being hungry, our appetite, the physical aspects uh, uh, such as uh, pain, uh, other mental aspects like imagination or ability to reason through something, all of these are dependent on messengers, messengers messenger, messages being sent. Those are the neurotransmitters. Uh, and since we're on the subject, what do you suppose neurotransmitters are dependent upon? What uh, you know? Well, you can probably uh, you you probably know where I'm going with this. So the answer is nutrition. Nutrition. Neurotransmitters are very very dependent on the proteins in our diet. And these proteins, uh, aside from a few non essential amino acids, because proteins are amino acids, they break down and then they reco- reform into different forms of protein in our body. But there are some amino acids that the body can actually create out of other foods and uh, manufacture by itself, these are called non essential. And then there are essential amino acids, meaning that we, ha- we must get them from the outside. in what way, in the form of the foods that we eat. Um, so the the other things that control our mental and physical function, of course, are vitamins and minerals. And again, you know, we can talk a little bit later or a different at a different program. About vitamins and minerals more specifically, and deal with the with the topic of uh, supplements. But right now we're speaking about vitamins and minerals and proteins and fats and all of these things from food, from food, the foods that we eat. Um, So this is a a very wonderful, uh, a wonderful approach, and. I think we need to we need to look very closely on what it is we're putting into our body and how it is affecting us. You know, I was just speaking with a friend uh, recently, and we were speaking about um, food and uh, and violent behaviors, for example. there are uh, quite a Large number of studies that have come out of California, out of the juvenile penal system, where um, you know in the juvenile penitentiaries, or the, these kids are tough kids. A lot of them are are gang kids. They're they're violent. They're non. They're they're very aggressive. Um, they're uh, non-compliant. They're, their behaviors are really they're tough kids, many of them come from uh very bad neighborhoods uh, come from uh, uh you know uh difficult social economic conditions. And one thing that we we found in those studies which speaks greatly to the kind of foods that these children were consuming or these teenagers were consuming before they got into this system. Very interesting studies. They took half the population and and fed them a high nutrient diet and half the regular prison diet. And guess what? I think you know where I'm going with this. All the studies that have been done so far have shown that when These young people are given a high-nutrient diet, good foods, just good, healthy foods, you know, vegetables, good proteins. We're not even dealing with the chemical proliferation right now with pesticides and herbicides and fungicides, just basically uh, a, a minimizing to elimination of sugar, a balance between proteins, carbohydrates, and fats taking into consideration that the the studies couldn't biochemically address each individual. Nevertheless, on a broad base level, these studies showed for the population that ate a high-nutrient diet compared to the ones that continued on the regular prison diet, a lessening of aggression, lessening of violence, greater communication, greater compliance, more communication, Really amazing changes, amazing changes that took place. So we we have to look at that, and when we're looking at socioeconomic uh, groups, um, before we become overly uh, uh, judgmental about, well, they're you know, uh, we could we could start we could fall into a trap of. Uh, of racial discrimination and say, well, this particular race has more of a propensity toward this or that. Before we even go there, uh, if we go there at all, we ought to be looking at what is their exogenous influence. What kind of foods are they eating? What kind of water are they drinking? What kind of sound pollution are they exposed to? What kind of air pollution do they live in? What is their home environment? that might be very stressful what is their work condition that might even be stressful or their relationships you know what's peer pressure there are so many so many factors that simply we must start to look at these if we're going to transform our society at all before we we simply write socioeconomic groups off because of finance or because of uh, Uh, of uh, cultural backgrounds. I think that's a great mistake. So what we eat and drink can and does affect us on every level. If I'm going to be drinking a cup of coffee a day, well, that might not be a terrible thing. But if I'm going to have three or four cups of coffee a day, that's been shown to uh, really Stimulate the neuro receptors to a great extent, and once it wears off, there's a depletion. There's a yo-yo effect, an up and down, or you know, and depletes our neurotransmitters, and it will create a nervous reaction. So we need more coffee, and then we go up and we go down. And sugar does the same thing. We have that roller coaster. The it's called the sugar roller coaster. Uh, alcohol also does that. First it excites uh the neuroreceptors, then it sedates the neurons and it begins to destroy very important neurotransmitters if we're consuming a lot of alcohol. That but, you know, that has to be in large quantities. We're not speaking about having a, a drink for spiritual or religious ritual reasons or a social drink once in a while. If we're going out with friends, we're speaking about someone who has to drink every day and has to have certainly more than one drink. If we're if we're consuming a substantial amount of alcohol, neurotransmitters uh, can be destroyed. I personally uh, have a shake every day, a health shake, you know, shake that I make for myself with greens and fruit and i put a banana into my shake every day i use organic foods but i put a banana in because a banana aside from um aside from uh, other factors also has an amino acid known as tryptophan and tryptophan helps with mood elevation and it helps with sleep um now lately I've been having some difficulty sleeping, so maybe I need to increase my intake of bananas. I'll have to think about that. Um, it also contains a uh, uh, a pre preformed neurotransmitter uh, known as serotonin. And we've already mentioned serotonin uh, is part of that chain that fights depression. The uh, The history of the banana in in the ancient world was quite, uh, or the banana was quite recognized as a healing food and a mood-elevating food by the ancients, and we we find it in the classic literature. Um, I recently, not recently, some time ago, I read a book called Mega Brain, and uh, an amazing book about all the different ways we can improve our brain function. I recommend it to you. Uh, mega brain probably find it on amazon um we're going to take a moment uh to take a break Uh, so um for those of you before i continue for those of you just joining uh joining our program i want to welcome you to mind body spirit living a holistic life uh, with your host renee david alkali that's me i'm happy to be with you today um I missed being with you last week, and uh, I hope that you'll uh, tune in to us on a weekly basis. Or, if not, uh, if you're not able to do that, to listen to some of the archived programs that we've had. We've had some wonderful guests on our show, and we've we've covered some really terrific uh, information that will help you live a better and healthier life. Mm. For those of you interested in uh, uh, having a little, uh, having a personal consultation, you can uh, contact me through my site, which is www.genesishealthbeauty.com. Um, the name of our show uh, on Blog Talk Radio, which you're listening to, is Genesis Health Hour. And you can always uh, log into that and find the archived material. Uh, The uh, the uh, particular uh, protein formula uh, that uh, we spoke about last week. uh, uh, There are a number of formulas uh, that I I use. I use Shakeology. I use Designs for Health, and I use Sun Warrior. I think those three. And Sun Warrior is one of my favorites because it's raw. Mm. So I um, I personally like the idea of raw foods as much as possible. We also have a non-for-profit that uh, you have been supporting, and I welcome your support. We offer free programs through there for our vets, for kids with cancer, young adults with mental disabilities, and your your generous support has made it possible for us to continue offering those programs for free. So please continue to support that. You can get on our website uh, www.genesissociety.org. and um, I thank you for your support, and I welcome you as a partner in in our ability to give back to people that are in need and maybe cannot afford. Uh, afford these services in any other way so let's go back to our, our program uh, we, uh, we've been speaking about the mind and we, we certainly want the correct stimulation of the parts of the brain uh, uh, that have to do with memory, learning, reasoning, imagination and so on but in Mega Brain, the interesting uh, – I don't recall the author offhand. It's been a number of years since I read that. But in there, the interesting thing is that he – the author disputes the idea that at some point the brain starts diminishing. In fact, he makes a strong argument for the fact that the brain continues to grow – that intelligence continues to improve, and that's at any age. It's at any age. So we see that from that we can, we can make a bit of, it's not much of a leap to say that what keeps the brain alive and active is not the idea of age, but really the idea of how we manipulate these exogenous elements that affect us as well as the endogenous elements, uh, meaning how we use our brain. We're all familiar with the term, use it or lose it. Well, the brain's not different. If we don't use our brain, it will probably diminish in its function. It's a muscle. And that muscle needs to be worked on a regular basis. You know, uh, you can do puzzles, you can do... uh, you can you can play chess, you can play various games that are creative and fun. Uh, card games, I think you know, these aren't just games. I think people have an intuitive understanding that we're we're utilizing our brain function. You know bridge, I'm not a bridge player, but I, I know from people who play bridge. There's a lot of strategizing. There's uh, working with a partner correctly. You know, there are a lot of elements that keep our brain working and strong. Uh, until recently, there's been the assumption that the brain, the size of the brain is determined by, uh, by hereditary factors. And that really is the, the uh, reason for our intelligence Uh, well in mega brain the author disputes that and brings evidence that that it's much more related to external stimulation and good nutrition and that certainly can create uh, more neurons and increase the size of neurons so that's uh, not such new evidence today But there's clear evidence that neurons do, can, and do regenerate, and begin to replace lost cells. Uh, All we need to do is give them proper stimulation and proper nutrition. There are, uh, uh, we know, for example, that the brain is, you know, has a capacity. To do much greater things uh, than we we previously believed, at least in the modern world, meaning the last 400 years, uh, we theorize that the brain or learning or memory have certain boundaries or certain capacities, and that yeah. it begins to diminish. We've seen lately that good nutrition, if we have that as a foundation. And if we stimulate the brain in some of the ways that I've already mentioned, uh, that we we certainly can take the average person and dramatically uh, improve their their mind and body functioning. Uh, so once again, if you don't if you use it or lose it, that's uh, that applies to the, the brain, the body, every part of us. Use your body. Get out and do some physical uh, work, physical practice. Don't just sit at a computer all day long. So we've covered quite a lot of information here in, in the time that, uh, that we've been together. But most of this information has been an overview of where I'd like to go for the next, uh, for the next few sessions. So I'd like to, you know, we're not going to, we still have some time left. We're not going to be concluding yet. But all of this is really by way of, uh, of an introduction to understanding that we do need to make some changes. We need to make changes. And as we continue throughout the next few segments, we'll see how we can make those changes work or where do we, how do we begin to do this because there's a lot of information out there. And, uh, you know, with the Internet, what I've often said uh, in, in lectures is that we have a lot of information, but we also have a lot of misinformation. There's It's very easy to get on the wrong track. If we're, depending on who we're listening to, I... When there's controversy, I will tell you there is controversy. That this idea isn't written in stone, and certainly the principle of biochemical individuality is always a you know a factor to be considered. Um, so we are going to cover more in depth the idea of circulation and how we can improve circulation um and uh certainly once we deal with circulation we're also dealing with the number one what has been until recently the number one killer of our in our society and that's heart disease i'm not sure if cancer has passed it yet or not i believe the statistics are close so um We need to certainly discuss uh, discuss that aspect as well. Um, We're we're going to be looking more in depth, besides the idea of neurotransmitters and neurons and the central nervous system, more in depth at the relationship of foods and the mind. Um, Certainly, I've mentioned that we'll look at supplements, that you know vitamins and mineral supplementation. We'll talk about that. And um, we'll also look at the toxicities that exist in our environment and how we can minimize those, um, how we can not only minimize the toxic nut- uh, nutrient forms that we take in, which I don't even think too much of as nutrients. Um, you know, I, I subscribe to the theory. It's not a theory. I subscribe to the statement that we are the most overfed and undernourished society in history, and I think there's great truth to that. Um, there's the, there's an issue with weight control, and perhaps during the course of our talks, we'll have information that will help you on your journey with that. Um, the uh, certainly the idea of binging or or anorexia, starving ourselves, or the the various weight cycles that we pass through uh, will be discussed, and we'll look at how we can control the the emotions, how we control the, the the emotions related to to foods. So we have to deal with the mind as well. Um, I've already mentioned uh, and I've mentioned often the idea of the exogenous factors such as environmental and dietary pollutants and uh you know there's there are a number of studies again controversial, but a number of studies that relate uh, brain diseases uh, as well as physical diseases, to the foods, to the dietary and environmental pollution. Uh, for example, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Uh, so we're going to look at that, those relationships and see how we can improve Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Can they be totally reversed? I don't know, and I I certainly don't want to give you false hope, but I can say that those conditions can be mitigated considerably, and uh, and they can be changed. Whether they can be totally eliminated, I don't know. but Changed for sure. We can uh, we can certainly inhibit or depress. Uh, we can inhibit our ability to learn or to improve by by the use of. Uh, uh, alcohol, by the use overuse of caffeine, by the uh, MSG that's in the food, and the other and the pesticides and herbicides and fungicides that I mentioned, the chemical fertilizer, the uh, the added hormones, the antibiotics. Our food base is a very very polluted food base. Um, so we'll cover that and we'll we'll see how we can get around that and improve Uh, the uh, one of the some of the issues that are plaguing us are uh, Lyme disease all kinds of arthritic problems yeast infections candida for example um, uh, communicable uh, 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 sexual diseases you know gonorrhea, herpes and so on we did speak, we had two episodes on herpes which you might want to listen to in our archives, but we're going to explore all of these and these are very controversial uh, issues or some of them are controversial, but we'll explore them in depth and um, I want to thank you for being with me we've come to the end of our show today Uh, you've been listening to Mind, Body, Spirit Living a Holistic Life with your host, Renee David Alkali. That's me. I'm so happy that you're with me and uh, that I can provide good information to you. Please visit my website, genesishealthbeauty.com or our non profit genesissociety.org. Uh, once again, thank you for being with me. I look forward to being with you next week. And we'll continue this discussion and go more in-depth on all of these topics. Have a blessed and a healthy day. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense, like breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you love a sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a different. I have a rather important announcement, and yes, it concerns Cheetos and chicken fries. Burger King has taken these two deliciously iconic snacks and have created Cheetos chicken fries. They're like original chicken fries made with white meat chicken, all juicy on the inside, but dangerously cheesy on the outside and cooked to crispy perfection. It's like Burger King took the perfect snack and made the perfect snack. Try them now or they'll be gone faster than an order of Cheetos chicken fries. New Cheetos chicken fries only at Burger King. Limited time only at participating restaurants.